So how many have ever made a New Year's resolution or goal? Can I see your hands? How many of you have made a New Year's resolution for this year? Uh, not so many. How many of you have made a New Year's resolution in the past to never again make a New Year's resolution? <laughs> so whether or not you make New Year's resolutions, um, it's a good idea, it's a good practice that when you begin a new year to resolve and have a plan for making that a great year. Now I'm going to be piggybacking off of Derek's message last week. This is going to be week one of a two-part series on how to have a great 2019. Now, as you heard Ryan say, next week we're going to be having a couple of special guests that are going to be joining us, Nate and Root Tanner. Um, I'm very excited about having them join us next week. I've gotten to know Nate a little bit over the past few months, and this young man has just, uh, he has so impressed me. Uh, from the time that Nate gave his life to Jesus Christ as a teenager in 1997, he has been on fire for Christ. When this guy got saved, he got saved. And he had a passion, and he still has a passion for sharing Christ with people, helping them to experience the relationship with Jesus Christ that he has found. Well, soon after trusting Christ, uh, Nate used his talents and joined a group of elite skateboarders with Youth with a Mission, and traveled all over the world sharing Christ with others using the platform of skateboarding. He married a missionary's daughter from Brazil named Root, and together they formed L3 Ministries International which focuses on taking the gospel to and training leaders in some of the most difficult to reach places in the world. We're talking about areas that are hostile to the gospel, that are unchristian and even anti-Christian. Places that are mostly Muslim, Hindu, Buddhist, and communist. Now, if you want to hear something incredible, despite these parts of the world that they're going to that are hostile to the gospel, in the past few years, they have had the opportunity to win over one million people to Jesus Christ. Is that not awesome? You know, and they have been successful at winning people to Christ in places where others have not had success because they believe so strongly in prayer and in the power and the love of God. And they've seen miracles in their ministry, like we read about in the New Testament, which some of us were led to believe don't happen anymore. I got news for you. They still do. And we're going to hear about it next week. They're going to be sharing about the power and the love of God that's available to us today. So I hope you'll be here. I don't usually take sermon time for a commercial, but this is worth it. I hope that you'll come and I hope that you'll bring guests. So let's talk about how to have a great 2019. Look at Paul's words in Philippians 3. He writes, No, dear brothers, I am still not all that I should be, but I bring all my energies to bear on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I strain to reach the end of the race and receive the prize for which God is calling us up to heaven because of what Christ did for us. You know, I love this verse. And I love it because it's a great way to begin a new year. It's a great way to live, period. Now, underline those words that he begins with, I am not all that I should be. How many cannot relate to Paul here? You, you feel like you've already arrived. You're already complete. God's work with you is finished. You are perfectly living like Christ in every area. How many of y'all? I'm the only one? How many of y'all know that's not true? Put your hands down. 
Well, how many of you, like Paul, you're not satisfied with being and experiencing less than everything that God desires for you? How many of you desire God's best in 2019? How many of you desire God's best for the rest of your life? Awesome. Then these verses are for you. These verses are for us. Because in them, he addresses our part in experiencing God's best. So to move forward, verse 13, Paul writes this. I am bringing, so because I'm not all I should be, here's what I'm going to do about it. I am bringing all of my energies to bear on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I strain to reach the end of the race and receive the prize for which God is calling us up to heaven because of what Christ did for us. Now circle those words, strain to reach. That's a term that's used in athletics. It's used in, in running and racing. It describes someone who exerts all of his or her strength, effort, straining, reaching, stretching to cross the finish line victoriously. Like this, watch. Party meter needed here. It's going to be very, very difficult for Michelle Finn here, future Olympian, to rein this one in. She's got too much of a gap. Can she hold out of CIT here in third place? This DCU set off at a strong pace. This UCC looked good in fifth and looked like they were passing out DCU in fourth place. The big battle here is for second, Carl. It is. It's between Cork and that oh, is I UL at the moment. Soon. CIT and UL, but it can't. The Look UCL at Finn. is fading, and Michelle Finn to turbo blast rejects of the steeplechase specialist. Uh -oh. Are being turned on with 250 to go. Eight meters to get there. Six meters. Oh, five UL meters. are going to get this. She is going to go past the UCL. It is out on her feet. Michelle Finn, the future Olympian, powers on by. Here comes CIT. Another effort in the home stretch. And here comes UCC. I think they're going to get third. Call. UCC from the depths of hell are pouring through. Oh, Michelle Finn is saying. Here comes UCC. Here comes UCC on the outside of hell. And it's the Lily of UCC. Finn's coming. It's unbelievable. Michelle Finn. She's out on her feet. God, it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Lily, what a run. What you probably didn't see is that, you know, she wasn't even in the picture until the very end of the race. She was almost 100 yards behind when she got the baton. But that's a great, a great picture of what this word means. To, to strain to reach it means to go all out. To give everything that you have to experience the victory and the abundant life that, that belong to us who belong to Christ. So how do we do that? Now to sum up what Paul says here is basically, it's pretty simple. He says... In order to experience everything that God has for us, we need to deal well with the past and then focus well on the future. We're going to address the first half of that today. If our desire and our goal is to live victoriously in 2019, then we have to leave 2018 victoriously. You might be thinking, well, I can't do that. 2018 was a difficult year for me. It felt like anything but victorious. Now, although there may be some of us that feel that way, we also believe and trust in a good and powerful God who's able to take our failures and our hurts and our worst moments and turn them into our biggest victories and blessings. Look at Romans 8:28. It says God causes some things to work for good, right? It says God causes all the good things in our lives to happen, to, to work together for good, right? It said God causes what? 
What does it say? Say it again. All things to work together for the good of those who love him and are called to fulfill and experience his purposes. Now, I want you to notice what it does not say. And a lot of people misinterpret this verse. It does not say that God causes all things that happen to us. Because a great deal of what happens to us in this life is not God's will. That's why Jesus told us to pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Because there's a lot that's not God's will. But what a tremendous promise this is to us that in every circumstance, no matter what happens, that God is willing and able to turn those around, to work those things together for our good and the good of those who love him and and that we love. A very small example of that is when my football career and my plans to go to a good college on an athletic scholarship were shattered the the fifth game of my senior season in high school, uh, along with a vertebrae in my lower back. By the way, I hate Clovis High School. I know that God didn't cause that to happen to me. I also know that God used that to bring me to a saving relationship with Jesus Christ. And that's how good our God is. That's what he does. But now, bad things don't turn into good things just by sprinkling magic fairy dust over them. We have a part in making that happen by choosing how we deal with the bad things that happen in our lives and the good things for that matter. So let's look at letter A. Let's talk about how to leave 2018 victoriously. Question. In a car, in your car, which is bigger, the windshield or the rearview mirror? The windshield. Somebody said rearview mirror. I hope not. (laughs) I'm not going to be driving with you. Why is that? Why is the windshield bigger than the rearview mirror? Because what's ahead of you is more important than what is behind you. That's an important lesson. To move forward, to experience the future that God has for you, there are some things that you have to leave behind and let go of. Number one in your outline, leave 2018 with a clean heart. Maybe 2018 was a tough year for you. It may have been a tough year for you morally, spiritually, relationally. Maybe you compromised. Maybe you fell. I've got good news for you. God knows all about it. And he's not mad at you. He's not disappointed in you. As a matter of fact, his love for you is as great as if you had never sinned. Did you hear that? No matter what you've done, God's love for you is as great as if you have never sinned. It has not diminished one bit, which means that you do not need to carry guilt or shame for one second longer. He's already provided for your forgiveness. Look at Psalm 103. For his what kind of love? Unfailing love toward those who fear him is as great as the height of the heavens above the earth, He has removed our sins as far from us as east is from the west. Now circle those words, unfailing love. This this word in the Hebrew can also be translated mercy. And mercy is how we respond to people, how we are to treat people who have hurt us, who have offended us, who have sinned against us. Uh, Mercy and grace are very closely connected. 
It's basically, again, meaning to treat others better than they deserve, to treat them with kindness. And so when we sin against God, this says he responds with mercy. He responds with unfailing love. And it says he removes our sins from us as far as east is from the west, which, by the way, is a never-ending infinite distance. Anyone here ever driven across the state of Texas? Does that not feel like an infinite, unending distance, especially the drive between El Paso and Abilene? There's absolutely nothing to see. Well, I got news for you. The distance God has removed your sins from you is even farther away than that. And everybody said, wow. wow. Thank you. Good first John 1. If we say that we have no sin... We're only fooling ourselves, and we're refusing to accept the truth. But if we confess our sins to him, he can be depended on to forgive us and to cleanse us from every wrong. And it is perfectly proper for God to do this for us because Christ died to wash away our sins. Circle that word confess. It's a real simple word in the Greek. It means to agree with somebody about something, to say the same thing as someone else. So confessing our sins means we agree with God about them, that we agree that it's sin, that we agree that what we've actually done is chosen to not trust that God's ways are best for us. It means that we agree that we need to change our thinking about those things, but it also means that we agree that his love for us is never failing and that we are forgiven. If, if you're carrying guilt or shame or regret for something that you may have done in 2018 or maybe even farther back than that, don't carry it a single second longer. Don't carry it into this new, new year. Let it go. Matter of fact, I'd like to give you the chance to do that right now. Would you please bow your heads for a moment and close your eyes? And allow the Holy Spirit to bring to your attention, to bring to your mind any of those things that you may be feeling guilt, shame, or regret over. You don't need to probe deeply. It'll be pretty obvious. And as those things come to mind, confess them. And then acknowledge God's unfailing love and forgiveness. And acknowledge the victory that belongs to you in Christ. And to internalize this, I would like you to repeat these words after me just as a confession of your faith. I am forgiven. My sins have been removed from me as far as east is from the west. I have no reason to feel guilt or shame, and I let them go. I am loved by God more than I can comprehend, and I always will be. I have victory over every struggle and temptation. And I will walk in this victory 
through Christ and the power of his Holy Spirit in me. Number two, leave 2018 with a healed heart. Now, I love my church. I, I truly do love my church. And one of the things that I love about my church is that we're real here. That we deal with real issues. We deal with real life struggles that people face. We help people deal with hurt and broken hearts. Ministries like Divorce Care, where we help people heal from the pain, the rejection, and, and the guilt of divorce. Uh, surrendering the Secret, which helps women heal from the, the shame and the guilt of having had an abortion. Grief Share, which helps people heal who have lost loved ones. To, to, to help them to be able to let go so they can move forward and live for the future that God still has planned for them. Now, hope is an important word on the road to healing. Uh, we tend to think of hope as, as nothing more than wishful thinking. You know, we say things all the time that we hope for that just there's, there's no chance it's ever going to happen. For instance, we might say something like, I hope that Nancy Pelosi and Donald Trump become best friends one day. <laughs> it's not going to happen. I hope that Pastor Dennis will learn to love cats. <laughs> you know, the biblical idea of hope is, is much bigger than that. It's more than just wishful thinking. Listen to this. The biblical idea of hope is the confident assurance. It's the absolute certainty that the future holds good things for us because we know our God is good and he desires our best. Is that not cool? I'm going to say that again. Biblical hope is the confident assurance, the absolute certainty that the future holds good things for us because we know our God is good and he desires our best. Look at Jeremiah 29, 11. The Lord says, read it out loud with me. I have good plans for you, not plans to hurt you. I will give you hope and a good future. Many of you know 2018 was a year of healing for me. As I've shared before, when, when TJ passed, I thought that I would never be as happy as I once was. I even prayed what I thought was a very spiritual sounding prayer. I said, Lord, even though I know I'm, I'll never be as happy as I once was, I'm still going to serve you. I'm still going to be faithful to you. Uh, and I'm just going to make the best of what's ahead. You know, actually, that was a very unspiritual prayer. That was a prayer and an attitude that absolutely ignored the character of God and his promises for us. Uh, that was a, a prayer of a person who had lost hope that his future could be as good or even better than his past. And as a result of losing hope, without even really knowing it, I also lost joy. Because it's, it's kind of impossible to be joyful when you think that your future is dismal. That it'll be nothing more than just surviving until the Lord comes to take you home. This past year, God showed me different. And he showed me that he wanted me to stop focusing on the rearview mirror and to start looking through the windshield again. To understand that he had a good and a desirable future for me. And a big part of that was a godly woman he brought into my life from Kansas City. Amen. Amen. Merry Christmas.
and happy birthday. It's funny how since that time so many people have told me that I, I've got my smile back. I didn't know I lost it. I, I, didn't, I didn't know that it was so obvious. In fact, uh, one of our church staff came up to me one day and said, Welcome back, Pastor Dennis. I said, what do you mean, welcome back? He says, well, the old you, the joyful you, is back. You don't leave 2018 with a healed heart, which means to leave 2018 with hope, with the belief, with the confident assurance, the absolute certainty that God has good things planned for you. Because we know that our God is good all the time. Now, we, before we go to the last point here, there's, there's another area in your life that you may need to experience healing. Would you agree that it is extremely destructive to not experience God's healing, to not receive uh, God's forgiveness, I mean, for your sins and the ways that you have fallen? Destructive, right? Well, I'm going to tell you every bit as destructive as that would be to not forgive others who have hurt you and sinned against you. Matter of fact, Scripture, I think, is pretty clear that there is nothing that short circuits. There is nothing that hinders us from experiencing God's best more than bitterness, resentment, and unforgiveness toward people who have hurt and disappointed us. Nothing grieves the heart of God like our reluctance to forgive others. Now, if you're a parent, you understand why that's so important to our heavenly dad. Being the youngest of four boys was not easy. Um, you know, we actually had a television remote in my house long before the rest of the world did. As a matter of fact, television remotes hadn't been invented, and we had a television remote in our home. In fact, our television remote had a name. It was Dennis. My brothers could be sitting three feet away from the television, and I'm in my bedroom doing my homework. That's a lie. <laughs> I'm in my bedroom reading comic books, and I hear, Dennis, come here, quick. And I'd rush into the living room, and one of my brothers would say, change the TV. I am not kidding. So my brothers, we, we fought like cats and dogs, but it never lasted. You know why it never lasted? My mother wouldn't let it. To her, family was everything. And having her boys love her and love each other, that was top priority. So if we had been fighting, we had to hug <laughs> and apologize and say I love you to each other and actually sound like we meant it. Otherwise, we could not have dinner. And my mom's cooking was definitely worth laying a grudge down over. I mean, you have not had spaghetti unless you've had my mother's spaghetti sauce. So, anyways, Jesus says here in Matthew 5, If you enter your place of worship, you're about to make an offering, and you suddenly remember a grudge someone has against you. And by the way, if you look at Matthew 18, it goes the other way. It means if you have a grudge against somebody else, abandon your offering, Leave immediately, go to this friend, and make things right. 
then and only then come back and offer your gift for God. Now look, I don't think that what Jesus is saying here is that if you're holding on to unforgiveness, don't bother coming to church. He's not saying don't bother to give your offering to the church. He's definitely not saying that. <laughs> Just to be clear. Because, you know, God often speaks to us when we come here, right? I hope that when we come and gather together with his people and when we worship him, and, and when we hear his word, and when we fellowship with one another, a lot of times the things that we're struggling over, God softens our heart. So I don't believe that's what he's saying. What I believe his main point is this, that as much as God loves to have us gather together, and as much as he loves to hear our songs of praise and our love for him, as much as he loves it when we give our offerings to him, there is no act of worship greater then when out of our love for him, we choose to forgive those who have hurt us. Enter 2019 with a healed heart. A heart that's filled with hope and a heart that's filled with forgiveness. Now a final point here is less about leaving something behind and it's more about taking something with you from the previous year. So number three, leave 2018 with a joyful heart. Well, how can you be joyful if 2018 was a tough year? Let me tell you, joy is all about what you choose to focus on. Joy is a matter of choosing to focus on your blessings, things that you're grateful for rather than your problems. So don't leave 2018 without celebrating the ways that God has shown you his goodness and his faithfulness. And it's not hard to find those things, by the way. God showers his blessing upon you hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of times every single day. This James 1.17 says this, whatever is good, everything that is good and perfect is a gift coming down to us from God our Father. So every blessing, every good thing that we have in this life no matter how small, no matter how large, every blessing we experience in this life is a gift from who? Oh, that wasn't very convincing. Every gift that we have, every blessing that we enjoy in this life is a gift from who? God. Thank you. And every disaster avoided is a gift from who? God. God. We have plenty to be thankful for. Plenty to be joyful about, to celebrate. So would you do something this week, maybe even when you leave church here today during lunch? Would you get together with your family, with your spouse, or just even if it's just yourself? And would you get out a pad of paper, and would you just begin to write down the things that you have to be joyful over and to give thanks over? And, and it can be something as small as the fact that you had food to eat during 2018, that you never had to go to bed hungry. It could be that you had a roof over your head. It could be that because you experienced God's miraculous healing in your life or God's miraculous provision and answer to prayer. Could be that a loved one that you've been praying for came to Christ. It could be a loved one that you've been praying for came back to Christ. Or it could be that you got married to an amazing, wonderful woman of God and that you found out that you're going to have a baby. By the way, I have exciting news for you that I want to announce. Just kidding. <laughs> you did it too. 
I love that. <laughs> How old is he? <laughs> if you believe that, you need to take biology over again. <laughs> So, take time to remember to reflect. <laughs> Stop laughing, you're going to make me keep <laughs> Can you just roll the end of last, last sermon, 9 o'clock? <laughs> take time to remember to reflect and to focus upon. Thank God for how he's shown himself faithful to you this past year. You know, and by the way, remembering God's faithfulness to us in the past, it, it helps us to look forward with confidence and hopeful expectation because we know that the same God who is faithful to us in the past is going to be faithful to us in the future. Now, before we completely leave 2018, we have plenty to celebrate, not only as individuals, but as a church. And if you were here last week, you saw this video. I... I asked to be able to show it again because I thought it was a great reminder of what we have to celebrate as a church. It's kind of long, but I think it's worth it. But let's celebrate what God has done here at Messiah Park. Two thousand and eighteen was a year of new beginnings and preparation for our next chapter as a church family. Abraham Lincoln once said, give me six hours to chop down a tree and I'll spend the first four sharpening the ax. We feel we have the ax sharp and now it's time to start chopping. As I look back to where we've come from, where God has brought us and where we're preparing to go, and I'm filled with gratitude toward those who paved the path for us and with great excitement to press forward with the same passion and love for God and people that they had. You know, I'm more excited than ever about the future God has planned for us. So as we leave 2018, we have so much to celebrate and be thankful for. We've experienced growth, new beginnings, the transformation of lives here at NPCC. This year, we were honored to welcome over 850 first-time guests through our doors, celebrating the decision of over 200 of them who made first-time decisions to follow Jesus Christ and baptizing 90 of those. We also had a great year discipling our church family, training up new leaders and volunteers. With 60 community groups meeting this year, between six to 700 people uh, began attending those groups. We, we dived deeper into how to pray meaningful and heartfelt felt prayers, both through the 21 days of prayer and fasting in the spring and through the 40 days of prayer and fasting in the fall. In community groups, we, we witnessed friendships formed, bonds created, accountability takes shape, and possibly the most exciting thing that we saw happen this year was groups beginning to branch out to make a difference uh, all on their own. We saw groups uh, lead out to reach the homeless of Las Cruces. We saw groups uh, strive to adopt teachers in the schools and even one group uh, developing an overseas uh, ministry partnership. My friend James, a minister in Kenya, presented the need to me that a 17-year-old boy named Victor was in need of a life-saving amputation. 
I shared this with my community group and they sprung into action. We were able to financially assist in not only providing him with the surgery, but we also helped to cover the cost of his boarding school tuition for the year. Our group also did a t-shirt fundraiser that to date has raised enough money to send over 150 Bibles to new believers in Kenya. With the completion of our new adult classrooms, our family marriage ministry was able to launch a variety of classes and seminars that provide growth, healing, and support. Marriage classes have helped both married and engaged couples to strengthen their relationships. Child dedication classes and parenting classes equip parents with tools to better connect with their children. And gr groups like Surrendering the Secret, Grief Share, Celebrate Recovery, and Divorce Care provide hurting people with compassionate support and strategies to cope with life's challenges. This year, we also had the pleasure of hosting Dr. Gary Chapman at our Five Love Languages Conference that blessed over 500 attendees from all across Southern New Mexico and West Texas. We learned how to better relate to not only our spouse, but strategies to improve relationships with all of the important people in our lives. Our children's ministry had an opportunity in 2018 to minister to hundreds of kids who came through our doors each weekend and shared God's unfailing love with them. At our shipwrecked VBS this summer, over 395 kids participated in a week of fun, music, crafts, games, and most importantly, learning that Jesus is our rescuer. And praise God, 90 children chose to be rescued from their sins by accepting Jesus as their Lord and Savior for the very first time. We also attended camp with 31 kids this summer, and that week, 10 of those kids accepted Christ. Our kids love attending Sunday school classes at MPCC. After each class, they are so eager to share with us the lessons that they have learned. And as parents, I love that we are provided with resources that help us to reinforce those lessons at home. To have a safe place to send our kids and to have teachers and staff that support our family as we shepherd the hearts of our children is a priceless gift. Our youth ministry also saw tremendous growth this year. With 72 students attending our annual summer camp, our largest group yet, our mid-high and high school students grew deeper in their relationship with Christ. Through our weekly meetings, they were able to cultivate friendships and dive into Bible study and prayer together. At this year's See You at the Pole event, our students met across the city at their flagpoles to pray for their communities and their schools, and then over a hundred students and their friends met at our church later that evening to celebrate the things that God is doing not only in their communities and in their schools, but in their individual lives. I love being a part of the MPCC youth group because not only do I get to hang out and have fun, but Randy and the team teach me how to strengthen my walk with Christ and share the gospel with my friends at school. I want to make a difference in my school and be a witness for Christ, and the MPCC youth group is giving me the tools to do that. Through our outreach efforts this year, we've not only made a lasting impact by meeting the physical and spiritual needs of people in the city of Las Cruces, we're doing the same thing throughout the world. This year's Mountain Packing event was amazing. As a church body, we raised a little over $51,000 to provide nutritional meal packages through the Feed My Starving Children organization. Then, as our special way of worshiping that week, 850 of us came together and successfully packed about 210,000 meals that were sent to nourish the poorest of the poor in the Philippines. It's impossible for me to say souls for souls without smiling. It's so much more than just a shoe program. This year, God opened the doors for us to partner with 21 schools, four local churches, and one civic organization. 
to provide 1,056 pairs of shoes to needy elementary children in the Las Cruces Public Schools and River of Mercy Children's Home in Mexico. On distribution day, all the kids receiving shoes and their families were invited to a carnival here at the church intended to make them feel extremely loved and extra special. God's love was channeled to them through each of you as you got down on your knees and became, became the hands and feet of Christ. Our favorite outreach this year was trunk retreating. We love providing an evening of wholesome and safe family fun to the more than 10,000 people who attended. The kids just have so much fun. They're smiling, we're smiling, we're all having a great time, and they go home knowing that this church is not only fun, but that the people here care about them. It's exciting to see God's plan for this church unfolding. And one of the most exciting ways that he's provided for us this year was through the calling of our new executive pastor, Roy Duffy, and his family from Louisiana. My family and I are so excited to see what God has in store for us here at Messia Park. We immediately felt welcome and like we were part of the church family. God is doing amazing things in Las Cruces with this church and we are honored to be part of it. During our Easter worship services, we served and shared the good news of the resurrection of Jesus Christ to over 2,700 people, 150 of whom placed their trust in Jesus Christ and are now his sons and daughters for all of eternity. Along with that, 450 indicated that they were rededicating their lives to Jesus Christ. You know, it's apparent that Las Cruces is hungry to know our good and loving God. And it's our desire and passion and mission to share Him with them. So as we say goodbye to 2018, we have much to celebrate as individuals and as a church. And I also want to say thank you to you, church. Thank you for your prayers and your faithfulness to serve and to give in this past year. Man, I love my church. We're excited about what 2019 and beyond has in store. I believe that God desires and is ready to do great things in and through our church. I'm ready. Are you? The best is yet to come. God is good all the time. So to recap, leave 2018 victoriously. Leave 2018 with a clean heart. Leave with a healed heart. And leave with a joyful heart. Let's pray. Father, we do thank you that as we enter this new year, that we can leave the past year victoriously, no matter what circumstances we face. God, I, I thank you that we can leave with a clean heart, that we can leave forgiven, laying aside every bit of shame, guilt, regret. God, thank you for your unfailing love for us. Thank you that we can leave with a healed heart, that we have hope that the best is yet to come, no matter what the past may have had. Thank you that we can live with the power to forgive, And then, Father, I thank you that we can leave with a joyful heart. You have been good to us. You are a good, good Father, as we've sang, sung earlier. And God, we're excited about our future as individuals and as a church and do truly believe that the best is yet to come. 
Thank you for your incredible love for us. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen.